welcome to Upbringing. We're Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers us all to engage bravely with the hardest aspects of parenting, to create positive change in ourselves, our families, and the world. Join us to build intention, elevate skills, and align our parenting practices with our greatest ideals. When we practice trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection, we're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by Artifact Uprising, a sister-owned company helping us honor the meaningful moments in our lives through printed photo gifts, books, and more. Their beautiful, minimalist products are made from recycled papers, reclaimed materials, and all here in the USA, which we love. Indeed. Artifact Uprising has helped us make tangible the intangible. You know, the moments that fly by or get lost on our phones Mm -hmm. or on our hard drives. They've helped bring those moments to life again for us to enjoy now and for years to come. Exactly. Learn more about Artifact Uprising and support Upbringing by visiting today's show notes or our partners page at upbringing.co. Now onto our empowerment. Happy Friday, kids. Welcome to Upbringing's Empowerment Series and our second Dear Upbringing. We grabbed some beverages, sat down, and recorded this video that's now up on our site as well as YouTube. The audio from that happy hour is what you'll be hearing here today. You may prefer podcasts, but we'd recommend watching these Friday empowerment episodes on YouTube or our website as they were intended because they can translate a little bit overlappy, interrupty, more conversational than our other podcast episodes recorded specifically for the podcast. So it's up to you. I'm not sure who else does a long form Q&A like we do, but I feel like it's mostly like eight to 15 minutes and that's not what we're doing. And people may be just watching or listening that long, but I'm kind of loving it, how we can really get into anything that's under half an hour is kind of impossible. So today we're going to talk about manic mornings and we'll offer some ideas on easing the pains of morning transitions as well as those larger family transitions. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. So here we go. Welcome. I'm Hannah. I'm Kelty. We are twins, mothers, and works in progress, and this is Upbringing, Mm -hmm. our video and podcast series that talks about the hard stuff being the good stuff, how we're all growing up alongside our kids. We like to talk about ways to get more comfortable in the most uncomfortable times with our kids, mm-hmm. mostly around tricky behaviors Why? That, that they might be exhibiting and that we might be exhibiting sometimes. Right. Why? Because that's where all of the potential for growth lies. That's mm-hmm. where the joy lies. That's mm-hmm. where we can grow up alongside them and um, learn some skills and get closer mm-hmm. and give them some skills too. So we have another Dear Upbringing episode we today do. where yeah. a parent writes in, about a tricky morning transition time, which I'm sure you've also experienced. Pretty universal. The beginning of our existence, everybody. Do you want to read it? Yeah, I'll read it. Dear Upbringing, Lately, my four-year-old son has made getting out of the door in the morning really difficult. Some days he is unable to get himself dressed, brush his teeth, or put his shoes and socks on, even though he's been doing it primarily on his own for over a year. He cries that the clothes aren't right or whines that he needs help, throws his body on the ground, grunts, chucks things, and sometimes full-on tantrums. When I'm able to pause getting ready to help him, it's almost worse, maybe in part because he can sense how stressed I am. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I'm the one, quote-unquote, doing it all wrong, and it makes it harder for me to kindly explain to him that he knows how to do this stuff, 
that I need to be getting myself and his new baby sister ready to go and that we can't be late for school. But it unfortunately doesn't seem to get through. I end up threatening and yelling and we end up late, both in tears. I'm looking for ideas on how to be better support to my son and work as a team in the mornings. Signed, Manic Mama. Manic Mama. Manic Mama. We're all Manic Mamas a little bit. Cheers to that. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, Okay, this is a great one. Intro. Um, Wow, do we feel you, Manic Mama. We totally feel you here. Um, The morning transition is a universal dilemma. Mm-hmm. I think for most all of us. I think most transitions say. are difficult, but mornings in particular, yeah. why are they so hard? And like we've talked about in the last year upbringing with the toothbrushing being a morning activity as well, it's just hard starting your day off on that foot, mm-hmm. like crying and yelling and, and feeling frustrated. Nobody has a good day after yeah, that. Yeah, but you think know? about too, like what needs to happen in the morning. There's like, there are things that need to happen and there's a deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of juggling. I have trouble getting myself ready on time in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden throw in a baby and a child to feed, dress, keep happy, um, mm-hmm. get food for, including myself. That's just a fucking lot mm-hmm. to juggle. Like, well done. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember yeah. feeling really torn when I had a new baby too. It's like, it's one thing having a two and a four year old now where I'm like, okay, we're, they're kind of on the same page. We can kind of do both things. But that feeling yeah. of being so torn because your kids are at <clears throat> such different skill levels and have such different needs. I remember being like, if I set the baby down to go help my two, two or two and a half year old, then the baby's crying. If I'm mm-hmm. working with the baby, then the two and a half year old's crying yeah. and just never being able to please everyone yeah. is a hard feeling. And it's so easy and natural, I think, to get pushed to our limit where we mm-hmm. need to be in charge, but we do not feel in control because we're managing so many little people and so many logistical things. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes so much sense that this manic mama would get to the point of yelling or crying or threatening. Mm -hmm. Um, But we call those like ding-dings. Yeah, those moments of saying like, something maybe needs to get realigned or we need to, you know, remember and engage with some new skills or or, um, uh, some new ideas, basically. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm really like happy that she wrote into us. And um, I think it's great that she said that she wanted to find ways to support him and be a mm-hmm. team. Like that's exactly the kind of approach that we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. and just ways to kind of like lean into that a mm-hmm. little bit more. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Um, so this is good because so many reasons, so many reasons. And we, we love talking about the reasons that this hard shit is good. We're gonna, that's basically what we're going to talk about this whole episode. Everything that's going on with this shitty situation mm-hmm. is super valuable. Mm-hmm. It, um, We like to see it as a building block, not as an obstacle or as a stumbling block. We like to see it as an opportunity to learn more about ourselves, how to simplify our morning routines, how to... Um, uh, engage better with our kids and their needs. How to better understand their needs, mm-hmm. what they might be going through developmentally. Mm-hmm. What else? For them to learn um, to understand their emotions better and yeah. to be able to communicate their needs, to for feel love. For them to feel more like a team member sure. and build some independent skills. Yeah, but this problem creates all of these opportunities to be growing with, mm-hmm. with our kids. And it's pretty awesome. We, le- we have to think of it that way. Otherwise, why would we want to engage with it? Yeah. Otherwise, we would just want to yell and cry. And that's not quite as fun. That sucks. Yeah. So 
a couple insights and yes. considerations before we begin. We just have a few. Um, <clears throat> I feel like the elephant in the room. The, the baby elephant. The baby elephant in the room yeah. is this new baby. That was kind of snuck in like almost towards the end of the letter being like, oh, and there's a new baby. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, new babies. Wow. Um, I want to say it was like Dr. Spock or somebody, but a lot of people um, talk about a new baby as in like this metaphor of your partner bringing home this like new lover. And you have to share. This is my other wife. Yeah, this is my other wife. (laughs) Let's share a bed. Let's share all this time. Let's share me, essentially, and Mm -hmm. um, and how how hard that can be and tough for our kids, even when they seem to be doing okay, Mm -hmm. even when they're nice and sweet to the baby. Right. It's still a huge process. Um, A separation from um, from our time. A separation, in some ways, from our love and that sense of attachment. It it feels a little risky for kids to have a new sibling in the house. And Um, leading to that attachment stuff, leading into that a little mm -hmm. bit, is that mornings are really hard and bedtimes can be really hard Mm -hmm. around those times too because you're becoming disattached from your kid. You're having to say, there's separations, you're having to say goodbye. And so it's really understandable and natural that it's not always that like, at the school when you're passing them off, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's, we're leaving home. This is building up. This is leading up to me having to say goodbye to this person who Mm -hmm. I miss, who's spending time with another little baby now, who all these things. Well, and you know, as far as our four-year-olds at this, at this age and stage, you know, like you were saying, Kelty, Mm -hmm. they're, um, you know, they don't have the, the skills, the communication skills to explain how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. They don't have the emotional skills to self-regulate, they flood with their emotions quite often. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the stress that they're feeling can come out in these weird moments of like, can't get a pant leg on and it's like the end of the world or Mm -hmm. refuses to get dressed and insists on help. Like it's it's so easy I think for us to pay attention to like what that situation is and be like, let's just fix it, what the fuck's the problem? But what we try to do is be looking under the, under the, um, under the behaviors for those deeper needs. And definitely kids at this age have a lot of needs going on, a lot of developmental behaviors going on. But I think that said too, so that's looking underneath the behavior for a need, but also generally they have what's called frustration intolerance. Mm -hmm. So even if if there's no underlying need necessarily, they just get more frustrated more quickly and some kids are way more prone to it. Yeah. Yeah. My children are very prone to frustration intolerance. Mm -hmm. And just learning that term has helped me be like, Oh, they're just having this thing. It's called frustration intolerance. They're not, like, trying to kill me Mm -hmm. with this. Right. Like, my daughter's pants just won't wiggle right. They're too wiggly, mm -hmm. whatever the thing is. We've been there. But generally speaking, so... Our, our kids' develop, brain development is, it's still, as we always say, it's under construction. It's in process. Mm-hmm. It's, it is not what we would necessarily hope or want for a little buddy in the morning, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, also, as far as skills go, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think so much of the frustration here that I've experienced in the morning as well is that, you know, my four-year-old has been getting themselves dressed doing that stuff, and then all of a sudden they can't do it anymore. Yeah. And like, it feels so unfair. <laughs> and unfair is that to feel, feel like, like... I just got this off my plate. Yeah, or this to is, feel like this is manipulative behavior, mm-hmm. or this is this is ridiculous, and that if they can do it, then they should continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, research shows, which it, it always feels good to know that there's research out there that backs up this idea that just because a kid can actually do something doesn't mean that they are emotionally able to do it all so there are the time. two types of readiness, emotional readiness and physical readiness. Right. right. And so it sounds like in this example, like this kid has that physical readiness most of the time, but maybe because of the stress of a new baby or new school or just, you know, growing pains in general um, or morning stress in general, um, this kid's unable to 
needs help with with doing this yeah. thing. Emotionally unable to get themselves dressed. But so. these types of situations end up sort of pushing us to this feeling of like either I have to do all of it mm-hmm. or I push it on their plate like master or slave. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we're going to be talking about is that middle way mm-hmm. like we talk about basically four ways are four powers respect connect we'll go through them but to work that middle way work behind the scenes work creatively um as opposed to controlling or feeling totally helpless feeling controlled you feeling know controlled or controlled. Yeah. control yeah. control pushes us to extremes it's either they're in charge or we're in charge and we need to be in charge but working with them and so that's what i feel like that middle way is is that mm-hmm. parenting side by side approach that we're really working on trying to do um, yeah, so the four yeah. powers are respect, connect, innovate, and trust. Mm-hmm. And we'll be kind of running this situation through those four steps. Yeah, as, as ideas of these other four amazing powers that we have to work with our kids in these tough situations so that we don't have to use control or allow them to use control and feel controlled. Mm-hmm. That's the idea here. That's our okay. idea. So first, let's dive into respect. Respect. Yeah. Um, let's see. Respect is about seeing our child as their own person, mm-hmm. human, um, part of our family. And I think it sees our role as the advocate. Um, so mm-hmm. we're the one in charge. We're the parent. Um, it's our responsibility and our, you know, our honor to be mm-hmm. able to see to our kids' needs, whatever those are and however obnoxious they are. Um, what else? We don't have to control. We can be a respectful ally. We can consider that mm-hmm. these needs can get met. My needs can get met. The baby's needs can get met. Let's calm down a little bit. See all of us in our beautiful humanity. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get some shit done with these other powers. Yeah. It kind of sets the scene. Yeah, it's kind of like our priming step that helps us not feel like a victim heading into this situation. Mm-hmm. So it's just even more mental mantra time being like, I'm the advocate. I need to get it to everyone's needs. My mm-hmm. kid has their own needs. They're just doing the best they can. And we're going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. It's, it has the faith to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And the organization, too. I mm-hmm. mean, I think it begins with curiosity saying, why is this happening? So mm-hmm. kind of like we talked to in our in, about in our insights and considerations, mm-hmm. there could be some stress at play. Um, seeing these behaviors that our kids have as either expressing um, developmental limits, so, you know, they're still ebbing and flowing with their getting dressed, or maybe in this case, because there's so much emotion around it, maybe there's also um, some unmet needs going on because of the stress of the new baby or whatever. So asking that why, wanting to find out, not just react to the behavior, but, you know, act. And, you know, I think too, in that priming step, it's deciding to meet our kids where they are. Mm -hmm. It's saying, they might be way below where I thought they should be this morning based on all these other things, mm-hmm. but I'm going to meet them where they are because they're doing their best and they're showing me what they need. And it's about leaning into this idea of they need help mm-hmm. and changing changing our brains around from saying they won't do that to they just can't do that. Mm-hmm. And that, it's a we big would ask. Someone would extend that same respectful courtesy, courtesy to us and perspective when we can't do something it's not necessarily because we won't it's because we are unable to in that moment mm-hmm. and our kids definitely when they can't do something it's because they can't either developmentally or needs based yeah yeah so this step is really more of kind of like a mindset leading into the mm-hmm. interactions leading into the day leading into all of that yeah. it's just saying there's going to be some stuff going down potentially mm-hmm. and i need i want to be in a in a relaxed receptive 
responsible, mm-hmm. respectful frame of mind going into it. Mm-hmm. Big picture. Right. Well, I think too, though, that, that the respect step does require a little bit of preparation mm-hmm. with our kid to say, you know, this is the plan in the morning to inform. It's a very respectful thing to inform our kid about what the plan is to say this new baby, like it's going to be different mornings. It's, this mm-hmm. isn't quite the same. You don't have as much time with mama. Like this is a little bit different. But now, I think that that, res- that conversation and that respect step often takes place not when they're refusing to put their socks right. on. That's not when that respectful no. dialogue happens. It happens at bedtime the night Pro- before. Proactively. Or, this is yeah. this is respect part of respect is saying, I can see that these situations might be happening. That's how am picture. I gonna head that off? Yeah. How am I gonna prepare for this so that everyone's needs can be met as best as possible? Mm-hmm. But obviously we have a new baby. This is a new situation. Everyone's needs are not always gonna be met. So we're gonna use these other powers from beginning with respect to mm-hmm. kind of see what we can get done. Yeah, and just the rest of that big picture is that that's going to help us communicate to our kid that they are seen, that Mm -hmm. they are valued as um, a member of the household and an important part of the household. Mm -hmm. And and that's just not just the right thing to do, but that's going to get a lot of buy-in and a lot of... um, Collaboration. Collaboration and cooperative vibes going going for for the rest of the interactions. We're leaders. Let's inspire. That's the idea behind respect. So how can we do that for this morning situation? I love that. Next step. Connect. Connect. Yes. What's our role in mindset here, Kelly? Oh, well, I think just the, the main point of connect is that our ability to connect is the most powerful tool we have with our kids. It's kind of, it's the main deal. We have to connect to show love. We have to connect to get a point across. We have to connect to understand understand, or to make anything happen, to mm-hmm. move forward with anything. So we like to think that we're taking on this role of the empath, mm-hmm. where we are listening, not judgmentally, where we are being open, where we are deciding that we don't know the whole story and that we're trying to put ourselves in their shoes a little bit. Right. What else? Well, we welcome his emotions. I think mm-hmm. it's so tough in this situation to be like, well, let's say that you know we have done everything we can to kind of communicate the boundaries, the limitations, the information with our kid in the morning, this new routine with the baby. Um, But then our kid starts whining and having trouble with uh, getting dressed. Mm -hmm. So immediately to connect, I think it's so easy to be like, keep putting our mascara on and be like, get dressed. Mm -hmm. Like we've all been there. Oh yeah. But we're we're breezing from one room to the other being like, I can't help you right now. I need to. How about that pant leg? You know, Mm -hmm. but um, connect is one of those things where it is, it's an investment but it pays off longer than if we hadn't connected. It's true. I, I think I've begun to realize that sometimes I'll just skip to these later steps or I'll try to control mm-hmm. and I realize, wow, this is taking actually way longer, this this meltdown situation that has developed. It's like that prolonging if I, all this crap right, instead of nipping it that in That if the I had just gotten down and connected right away. Yeah. So what does that look like? Let's what are some about ideas it. about how this, this mama could connect in the morning with her kid yeah. to kind of help the situation? Well, do you want to talk about kind of preemptive connecting first? Sure, let's do we it. We could talk about that. Um, if, you can do, if we could just build morning time into our routine before the shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. where we can just be filling our kids' cups a little bit. Mm-hmm. like Just little moments. Yeah, just pu- be able to pull them into bed or sit by their bed when they're waking up or mm-hmm. cuddle and read one book and, and it, you know... To it, start the morning off Just to off start well. it off I feeling mean, connected. I think we feel that with our partners, too. Oh, that sure. the, like, it would be nice to get, like, a little... 
you know, kiss on the cheek in the morning before they roll out of bed. Or a text in the middle of the day just checking in. Or or like a butt slap or whatever. Whatever. Just to connect the dots a little bit and be like, oh, yeah, I know you. But you know that feeling when you're like breezing through ships in the night with your partner all the time being like, I need to feel that string where we're connected. Or or you don't even notice that the string isn't there until a little hiccup comes along Mm -hmm. or one of you isn't feeling so hot and Mm -hmm. then you both tank pretty fast because you're disconnected. Yeah, there wasn't that connection. So... That's a great idea, Kel. I mm-hmm. think it, as far as a preventative way to begin the morning with some good eye contact with a little cu- cuddle or snuggle. It takes a little more effort yeah. to just put it in ahead of time mm-hmm. to, to keep them feeling nurtured. Mm-hmm. Um, what yeah. else? Physical proximity. Yeah. So like we talked about, put the mascara down, walk over in your underwear, whatever it needs. Um, what do we try to do? We just try to get, get down on their level. We get mm-hmm. close. We put on put a hand on. We say, hey, how's it going? And, you know, you're our kids making my contact. Our kids might say, this won't do. I can't do it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and we just acknowledge, acknowledge, empathize, hear mm-hmm. them. This is listen, listening time. Repeat. Yeah. Just get their experience. Because so this, what, so what we, do we say to this well, boy? The, the sooner, because the sooner our kids feel heard, the sooner they can move past those emotions and move on to independence yeah. and getting themselves But I stressed. think some people worry if I'm repeating those frustrations or those feelings Aren't I going to just be feeding them, feeding the fire? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. I mean, emotions are like weather. We move through them. And I think that the more support we can have, again, we talked last episode Mm -hmm. about how we're, we're our kids co-regulators right now. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the prefrontal cortex to be able to move themselves from flooded with emotion to Mm -hmm. self-regulated. So it's our job to help support them in these moments. And that involves us acknowledging and showing them that they're, we understand and that we care about them. That will help calm mm-hmm. our kids' brains down so that they can then be like, well, make a choice about what they're wearing or yeah. whatever. So we'd say something like, it seems like you're really struggling getting these socks on. So that sock is too blue. It sounds like it's really too blue. And those pants won't won't w- wiggle right mm-hmm. when you put them on. Oh, that can be really tricky. Mm-hmm. Or you sound really frustrated. Yeah. Or you're, you know, it's also tough, like our baby might be crying or we might be nursing when this happens. Mm -hmm. And we can say from the other room, I hear you. You are struggling. You sound upset. I will be right there. So Mm -hmm. anything we're doing from anywhere, we want to be as close to our kid as we can, as Mm -hmm. we're able to. But I think so much about connect is about that physical thing, but it's also just about our faces, about Mm -hmm. our tone of voice, Mm -hmm. really saying, I want to understand you with our behavior, Mm -hmm. not just our words. Just making it feel like a safe place and a safe moment to just really connect. And for, and the tricky part with this is to not uh, put up our agenda right away, Mm -hmm. because like we've talked about before, connect to us in the moment when we're reacting, often when we haven't done our first step of respect means Getting in their face and, and repeating the thing that we need. Mm-hmm. That's connecting Connecting to us. with our need. With our needs. Yeah. So the way we try to do the connect step first is to be leaning into just listening, being open, being to safe, being needs. loving. Because this is an unmet need situation. So yeah. let's meet that need. And then we have a morning helper. Yeah. So And then thinking about connecting in later times as well. We talked about doing it maybe in the morning to kind of, and little anchor points to mm-hmm. fill his cup as you go. But also talking about the the new baby situation Mm -hmm. and I'm sure um that's been that's been tackled already but what we'd try to do is just check in about it uh, in the evening or something and say something like wow mornings have been really hard lately haven't they and it's been a lot to juggle with the new baby how how have you been feeling with it they might not Mm -hmm. say anything at all 
But yeah, but just checking in and acknowledging that this is tough on everybody and just letting, letting that be an open-ended, wow, this has been tough, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And just finding those points and allowing that frustration when our kids do Mm -hmm. express that frustration with the baby or in general, keeping that open mind of saying they need to express this. If Mm -hmm. they don't express it, they repress it. Mm -hmm. So, or, and then it comes out in getting dressed in the morning. So allow those opportunities when there isn't a timeline so that our kids can be expressing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But I think that the the big ask here is that sometimes it feels really permissive Mm -hmm. letting our kids yell things, especially if they're directed at us uh, in a negative way. It makes us feel like like a doormat, you know, or like, why should I let them treat me like yeah. crap? Or for this mother who her son is, she's trying to help him and he's saying that she's not doing it right. That, that is feels so really hard. hard to be wanting to respectfully connect and have it be like shoved back in your face. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that it's getting through there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've all been there in those times when we're in a really bad mood and people are reaching out and we're still not ready to like be nice. But inside we're like, please just keep going. Please, please keep, going. keep helping me, please. Yeah, don't stop. Um, don't give up on you me. Know, and I, I'm imagining that the times that this kid melts down, we didn't really get all the details, or maybe when things when he's left too long, you know, or resisted saying, you can do it, you can get dressed, we're going to be late, it might ramp up to the point where, you know, he completely dysregulates because it's happened. But I'm imagining and I'm hoping that if this mom can work through some of these connect steps earlier on and and nip it in the bud right away, right when when she sees, Mm -hmm. I'm hearing some whining, I'm going to get in there right away, Mm -hmm. that... uh, a meltdown might not happen. And if it does, then it was needed. It needed to happen. Yeah. But that's a big one. Hearing hearing that that behavior starting to turn Mm -hmm. and, and going to it like a magnet as opposed Mm -hmm. to being like, Oh God, you know? So I think big picture here, this is a time where we can get ahead of the game a little bit Mm. and where we can connect with our kid, whether they're able to do it back to show that goodwill, to show that we love them unconditionally, to show that we know that they're struggling and they just need help. Mm-hmm. And it's a big one because we're like, we need help. <laughs> I need help. You need help. We all fucking need help. Um, but, but that's we're the our advocate. job. That's the jo- our job as the advocate. And, and we dive into the empath stage to connect with our kid to hopefully resolve some of these um, these kind of anxieties and these angsty yeah, feelings And around. promote more willingness to, mm-hmm. for independence by like getting dressed. It's, cooperation yeah. is more likely mm-hmm. with when we lean in and connect that yeah. way. It's not permissive. It's productive. That's what we like to say. I like that. Okay, next. I want to throw it. Okay. Okay. Innovate. The fun step. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we've respected, um, seen our kid as human, having having needs that we need to help meet as their advocate. We've connected where we've shown them um, that we're there unconditionally. Mm -hmm. We've helped them understand their emotions maybe a little bit more and feel heard so that their brains could calm down. And now it's time to, you know, get some shit done um, Mm -hmm. through this innovate step. What do we like to think of ourselves as, Kel? Well, we like to think of it generally as working side by side, like all the other steps as well. Mm -hmm. But we like to channel what we call the creative. And that's where we can kind of channel these feelings of creativity, flexibility, curiosity, um, just that we're going to find a way. Optimism. It, yeah, it's not yeah. about fixing it. It's not about fixing our kid. It's not about stopping something. It's about... Hopefully it is, but that's <laughs> that, not the main That would be awesome. Sure. But the main thing is saying, what can we do? We need ideas. And it's also the time that we can finally put our agenda out there a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Once we've respected them going into it, once we've mm-hmm. listened compassionately and empathetically, then we can say, 
So here's what I'm seeing, and we've asked what's up, and now we can say, my concern is, it's this time. So what can we do to get everyone dressed? Because we still have this, 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 this to do. Now I'm doing your finger thing where I'm counting and pointing. It's contagious. We need ideas. Mm-hmm. We need ideas, honey, you know? Um, yeah, I like And that. I think that oftentimes our kids are maybe too dysregulated at that point to be helping to make to make decisions. Yeah, so it's our, it falls on us to be coming up with some ideas. Yeah, and I think We don't that, want to pout, pack on the pressure. No, we yeah. don't want to add more indecision and stress to like, them, what are you going to so. do about it? Yeah. yeah, so, but we need some ideas. But the, our approach is collaborative. Our approach is side by side, whether or not our kid is able to or willing to engage with us mm-hmm. um, collaboratively. So one thing we can do is offer choices. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about in the toothbrushing one, what are some things we could do for choices? Having different outfits out that uh, our kid could choose from. Saying, do you want to put your shirt on now? And then we'll put pants on after we go brush teeth. Mm-hmm. Just little things for them to, opportunities for them to grab onto to kind of like regain a little bit of control themselves. Yeah. We, we want to give them opportunities to take control of the things that aren't a big deal to us, but and that it, make them feel good. And the goal here, I think, for this mom is to, to basically do as little as she possibly can with this child. Because she's got to take care of the baby and herself and get everyone going. Mm -hmm. So it's going to require a little bit of work here and there to set the scene for innovation so that he can be doing some little things independently. So that's Mm -hmm. what these ideas are around, right? Yeah, totally. What's another idea? Um, Just have fun. Be silly. Make Mm -hmm. make games out of things. Which is really hard to do before you've had your coffee. Been there? Absolutely. Maybe get your coffee before. Watch a quick YouTube video to get you in the mood mm-hmm. before the kids get I up have a or couple something. standbys. But I really do believe that coming into this innovation step being like, we're going to have fun. This is going to be okay. And the better mood I'm in about this, the better mood my kid is going to be able to engage with too. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. The times that I'm able to dive into being goofy and silly and do those things, it changes my experience yeah. drastically. But, and it's also showing our kids... We believe that this can get better, not worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is the most important thing about being silly and about having fun and being creative in that way, yeah. even if those things don't end up, quote unquote, working. Yeah. Sometimes we yeah. do silly voices, like accents. Sometimes we do, like, let's jump on the pillows like lava to get yeah. to the couch where we'll put the clothes on. Yeah, or we, we're kind of like the bumbling parent. Like, do I put the shirt on my, my feet? You know, like silly things like that. Mm-hmm. You, you, We all know our kids best. So yeah. whatever will get a giggle out appeal of our kids to them. and appeal to them. It's another way of connecting, but yeah. it's it's an idea-based one. And yeah. another thing we could do is get dressed together. Do, do that stuff more side by side. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, we'll invite our kids to get dressed under the covers in our bed first thing. Mm-hmm. Or um, we'll have them stand on the bed while we stand next to them and yeah. we get dressed. This, this now sh- we do shirts. Now we do pants. This kid sounds like he's missing his mama maybe and needing just that connection. And she may not have to actually dress him. Maybe they just have to be in the same room. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just has to say, let's both get dressed in my room. You know, or like, why don't you choose? I'm going to put a few outfits on my bed and you can choose which top for me and I'll choose Mm -hmm. a few for you. Whatever you're willing to do collaboratively to to just make him feel included in the morning routine that you used to have before this baby. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that we've done, too, is um, ask our kids if they want to wear their clothes to bed Mm -hmm. for the next day. That's been a huge one for us. For you. For me. Yeah, totally. Um, We've also done 
wake up and will have hidden the clothes somewhere and they get to go hot, like look for them essentially and that just sets them off on a like I'm excited to find my clothes it's a to challenge. put them on. Yeah, we set a um, timer and are like we each have a minute <clears throat> to get our clothes on. Let's do this. Yeah. And I, I want to reiterate really quick. Mm. This stuff does not always work. It doesn't. Sometimes mm. we do six of them and the seventh one works. Sometimes we do the first one and it works. Sometimes we do 12 and none of them work. This is a so, process, though. Yeah. It's an experience that, that exactly. we're supposed to have. Yeah. I just had but, to say that. Yeah. What about the routine chart? That's kind of helped yeah, I mean, you before. I, I think that kids at this age, at, at four and younger and even older, mm-hmm. it really helps all of us to have a routine, to feel this thread kind of going throughout the day through transitions mm-hmm. um, in the morning and at night, um, as hard as that is to do. Um, and so sometimes making like a routine chart uh, for yourself and for your kid, they can help participate in it. So they kind of know what each thing is. And it seems like this kid is maybe getting stuck and blocked in this this immediate step that maybe he used to have help with or mm-hmm. whatever it is. For some reason, this is the problematic <laughs> part of the morning. Um, and knowing what's next, having like, you know, a natural enticement next of something like, you know, which cereal are you going to choose or, mm-hmm. you know, let him set out the things for breakfast and then he goes to get dressed. So he kind of knows in his mind, this is what's going to happen after I, I can see the other side of this getting dressed situation. Yeah. Or when we okay. say, so it's time to get dressed. So we'll do that. We can say, so let's get dressed so that then you can help cut up the fruit for breakfast. Mm-hmm. So kind of planting those things for what's next to help get them in the moment <clears throat> to do it and right. to not be stuck by that thing yeah. they have to do. Yeah. There's so many ideas, but it helps yeah. them. Um, it's not an incentive. It's not It's not a, a reward. It's just mm-hmm. a natural enticement, as we said. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> the big ask here is to match their stubbornness with stubborn optimism (laughs) and it's a it's a big ass we can't always feel that way with with every no that I get from one of my kids I'm a little more worn down and some days a lot more worn down and some days it just pings right off me Mm -hmm. and just trying to continue channeling that creative to to use it like armor and that idea too is that you know, we channel the creative in this innovate step because we, we want to get shit done. We want to work with our kid. Any problem we have with our family, it's not, the idea is that it's not just our problem or it's not just our kid's problem. It's our collective problem. Mm-hmm. And how can we go about solving that together? And the other reason, just because, not just because things can get solved better when two people are working on it, but because in that process, through that process, we're giving our kid these skills of, of innovation, of creative, flexible thinking, of optimism through challenges. And whether or not the innovate step ends up quote unquote working, we're building those skills. Mm-hmm. Our kids seeing us model those skills, if not practicing those skills himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's all good. Yeah. Big picture. There aren't any failures. Yeah. <clears throat> we're throwing those ideas out. And of course we're hoping each one will work, but if it doesn't work, work or get grabbed onto and participated in, it's not a failure and we're not a failure. And that's a big one. Well, because it was based in a learning process rather than control. So mm-hmm. there was some good learning no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, it helps our kids, like you said, have that optimistic point mm-hmm. of view and, and develop resilience mm-hmm. and problem solving skills and just family collaboration vibe like we're all in this together it's been amazing to see our kids you know approach our their younger siblings and say you seem really frustrated about that we need ideas Mm -hmm. you know this is something that we've modeled to them and now that they're modeling to their younger siblings and like it it their ideas are really funny it it catches (laughs) catches on though so it's pretty magical yeah um 
the last step that we want to talk about mm-hmm. is trust. Um, and this is this is a difficult one because it doesn't feel that active. Um, it feels kind of passive. Oh, just or trust. Complacent. Yeah, yeah, or complacent. But I think trusting is saying I've done, I've respected myself with these boundaries and communication. I've respected my child mm-hmm. with seeing them as unique and, and um, whole and needing information. We've connected together to understand one another. We've innovated together to be building collaboration and problem solving skills. And now I need to trust. I need to think what else needs to get done to move this forward. Maybe not through this immediate situation, but Mm -hmm. for the next time, because that's the beauty of this parenting thing is that it happens over and over and over. We have a million times to, to get this right, quote unquote, or to, to improve um, yeah, even in baby that, steps. That's the amazing <clears throat> thing. Yeah. So in this step of trust, in this power of trust, we're trying to embrace what we call the believer. Mm-hmm. And that's where we try to just channel this like wise old grandma person <laughs> who just... A hot grandma. Hot, hot obviously. Um, who can just see it all and trust in the process and embrace with faith what's happening. Um, who can see the big picture. The big picture. Mm-hmm. And to just try to have this point of view that we're doing our best. Our kids are doing their best. And, and I always get hung up on that phrase because I feel like when people say I'm doing my best and someone says, well, that's not your best. I've seen you do better. And what that means to us is doing their best in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the very best I can right now with my stressors, my sleep, my hunger, my developmental, my developmental limitations, which mm-hmm. are many, um, all of those things. So just, remembering that also this is a journey this is we're playing the long game here Mm -hmm. so it so i mean it it may very well i think the idea of trust too is believing that nothing is a failure Mm -hmm. and it may very well be that that this mother needs to end up getting her child dressed every morning for a couple weeks Um, And that's not a failure because they'll have done all of these wonderful things to collaborate together and to connect and to build Mm -hmm. these skills. Even if she still needs to do it, that means he really needed her closeness. He needed her help for whatever unmet need that was going on. And that's all good. This step is often about having to follow through lovingly Mm -hmm. and trust that we respected, connected, and innovated. And whatever went down or didn't go down, it's going to be okay. But we just need to... To make, make something happen right. a little bit. Get and those socks on or get in the car or do all those things. Right. And I think that you made a good point, Kelty, about how with that feeling of how differently we as parents can approach this entire scenario. Some days it's okay. Some days we're freaking out. Mm-hmm. It has so much to do with um, self-care. And I think mm-hmm. th- thinking about when this bothers me so much, um, I'm not able to see to the needs of my kid as easily. Why is that? So asking about their needs, but mm-hmm. also asking about our needs and saying, I have to be able to, my kid needs to be able to trust in me. I have to be able to trust in myself. Yeah. Let's get that, that care for myself that I need so that I, which is so hard with a new baby. That's a big ask. Yeah. Um, but, but self-care isn't even just about getting enough sleep or feeling happy and rested or nurtured or whatever, but is about just thinking about what we can be doing ourselves as well behind the scenes. Like, mm. like, can we ask our partner to pack lunches? Can mm-hmm. we set everyone's clothes out the night before? Can we, like, what can we be doing mm-hmm. when it's not in that stressful moment, caring for ourselves ahead of time for mm-hmm. that moment? So thinking, 
that's me when I'm struggling. What can I do right now to help myself then? Yeah. Helping your future self in that way. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So uh, another thing we talk about in this trust step is circling back. So Mm -hmm. that part of Mm -hmm. that is asking what you can do. So back to this situation, hmm, I'm asking myself as, as the, as the advocate, as the empath, as whether the it's creative. A, a debrief, whether it's a yeah. postmortem, uh-huh. whatever <laughs> it is with my partner or to yeah. myself, but thinking, what can I do next time that can maybe make this a little better? I heard some whining and I didn't really dive in. Maybe I could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I added, I had this call also in the morning that yeah. really made this difficult. Hmm. Um, and part of the trust step too is circling back with our kids, mm-hmm. whether it's once we get in the car and everything kind of blows over and maybe talking about, Hey, that was a little tricky getting in the car and whatever, but we like to be face to face connecting about those things. Yeah. So sometimes car isn't as good, but maybe at dinner we can kind of fill our partner in on what happened. That's what we do. Like I wanted to tell you a story about this morning. It was, it was a little tricky getting in the car and doing all our stuff, wasn't it? And your partner can be like, oh, really? What happened? And it's not, it's not storytelling in a shamey way, but it's sort of like, here was this thing that we went through that you weren't a part of or that you didn't mm-hmm. know about. But um, or it could I tend to link it in the cuddly. I know you do. One on one, one where, you know, I have my arms around him. He knows, you know, our, kid, our kids know they're loved. Mm-hmm. And then we say, you know, let's talk about this a little bit. What kind of ideas when we're in a receptive, not a reactive state. Mm-hmm. But that's part of that trust step is, is circling back, seeing what we can do. Again, going through the steps again of respect, wanting to talk to them and communicate with mm-hmm. them in the first place about it, connect in that moment about it, mm-hmm. innovate. What kind of ideas do you have? What, 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 what if we did this or did that? Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have to all be in the moment. In the moment, at that point, it's kind of damage control and yeah. trying to prevent ourselves from controlling like a crazy person. Yeah. Um, but all of these steps can go on behind the scenes before and after. Yeah. And I like the, <clears throat> within the trust step too, I like thinking about, just have reminding myself to just let it go and not let it go like forget it happened but have to give myself grace for what I did or wasn't able to do mm. if I yelled if I did my best and it still didn't work if my kid did their best and it still didn't work and a lot of that is about self-forgiveness but some of it is about forgiving our kids mm-hmm. because so we don't feel resentment right that, sometimes yeah. I, I'll get in the car and just be like and all of a sudden my kid is just like, Hey, and this in the window. And I'm like, I'm not over this yet. You might be over it, but about taking that moment to be like, this is going to get better. Holding a grudge in this moment isn't going to be helping anyone, but giving us both grace and forgiveness. I love that. that. But I think that for me in these situations, it's helped the most to really just be trusting in their development and knowing Mm -hmm. that this, this neediness, this obnoxious whining and weird emotions in this time when I need them to help me, Mm -hmm. not to hold me back is, is just a phase. And that helping them, trusting that helping them is not going to make them a six year old who needs me to get them dressed. That, that's a big that, picture that there's an, that there's an ebb and flow in this that that is going to be okay and that my child is developing their skills and meeting their needs in a, in a very fluid way mm-hmm. that is not always predictable or easily to control and that's okay and I have to trust in that process yeah. and meet them where they are and see to those needs yeah. and see to my needs too you know sure yeah in conclusion What do you think? I feel like this, the three words that come to my mind, which you and I have been saying a lot more lately what? is bring it on mm. these, yeah. these things. And this, these morning trials and tribulations 
And the nighttime ones too, which we'll touch on soon in an upcoming episode, are just things that literally make me want to knock it out of bed in the morning or go to bed early. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to think that, um, you know, they're out to get me. This isn't fair. Again, like the victim thing that you were saying, hell. But those are thoughts and beliefs that aren't real and that disempower us and that disempower our kid and that disconnect our relationship sometimes. And it happens and those thoughts come up. But what we're trying to do with upbringing here is to rewrite those thoughts and to create new thoughts that are empowering, right? Yeah. And bring it on as saying, I'm the advocate, I'm the empath, I'm the creative, I'm the believer, and I want to raise a kid who's those four things too. And yeah. these morning things are an opportunity to elevate us both. And it's you know? it's so easy too to sort of, like you said, demonize our, our kid and think they're the problem. Why mm-hmm. are they doing this to me? Right. And in rewriting that narrative, we're trying to say our kids are giving us this amazing gift <clears throat> to work a little harder, connect a little more lovingly, mm-hmm. you know, try to, to think about the big picture and trust in the process and grow up right alongside them mm-hmm. and to slow down, <laughs> to slow down and, yeah. and think about it and work on it and know that it's all good yeah. and to lean into these hard times with that faith. Mm-hmm. And we can't always feel that. This is a lovely bring it on pep talk that we feel (laughs) a small percentage of the time, but the more we do it, right, the more we do it, the the easier it becomes and the more it gets in there and the more we can kind of see that sliding doors experience. Like when I'm able to do it, whether, whether it works or not, whether I still have to put jam those feet in those shoes and grab the kid and take them out the door and do that. Mm -hmm. Or whether, um, So whether that's happened on either side, sometimes I feel really good because I tried all the steps and I could lean into it. And other times I just couldn't muster the Mm -hmm. effort. Um, But holding those side by side and thinking about how I feel when I do both, Mm -hmm. I'm starting to try to do the, like the lean into those challenges and the four powers more because I end up feeling a lot better. And I know that we're building a lot of stuff. Yeah. And even if working the four powers didn't change the The way that our kids feel Mm -hmm. in a situation it changes us and and i do believe that ultimately uh if we change ourselves then our kids can change and grow in that way too but i think that that requires us rewriting this whole idea of what a successful outcome is and having to change that in our in our brains a successful outcome usually in our brains is everyone smiles and does Mm -hmm. everything we ask them to and toddles off to the car and and it was a harmonious morning. No big emotions, no resistance. No yeah. big deal. Yeah. And what we've had to do is sort of rewrite what a successful outcome looks like in terms of saying a successful outcome now to us, what is that? Mm-hmm. It's that we showed our kid that they're human and that they're part of our family and that we value their voice and their individuality and their struggle, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, however a big pain in the ass it is yeah. for us. That we seek to understand them so that they can understand us, that we believe that they have um, true needs and developmental capabilities and it's our job to support them. And right. so we, we make that clear that they're loved and that we're side by side with them. Right. And success yeah. now also looks like us having leaned into those challenges to problem solve, to innovate, to get creative with our kid, to to think around problems and, and through them and over them and under them mm-hmm. um, to work. Yeah. And then what else does success look like? Success ultimately means that no matter what we end up having to do, even if we have to follow through lovingly, that there's no resentment, that there's no failure, that 
that nobody failed, that nothing bad happened, that we got this gift of these experiences together, mm-hmm. um, that we can move on to the next one. There's always a fresh outfit tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the idea here. And we get to practice and do it again. Yeah. Give ourselves grace for that. I think that's basically it. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing an amazing job. Amazing. We're proud of you. Proud of all of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you too. Yeah. Cheers. We're all in this together. Till next time. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. So head on over to our website at upbringing.co or to YouTube where you can watch the awkward twin talk that you just heard. (laughs) Totally. Um, Our affirmation. Do you want to do that? Sure. Okay. Um, You are doing an amazing job. Yeah. We are so proud of you. Seriously. And we're right here with you taking steps to better understand ourselves, Mm -hmm. our kids, and one another. So thanks for being here. We're all growing up together. Till next time.